your city Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song We'll all be flying higher than a jetliner And if you want a little bang in your yin-yang, come along Republic, you just have to let us do our job Just get out of the way If you don't want to help save the country, get out of the way so you don't destroy it. The six trillion dollars that I originally proposed was probably too little. Three and a half trillion should be a minimum, but I accept that there's gonna have to be give and take. Certainly immigrants can get infected, but they're not the driving force of this. Let's face reality here. Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. This is a special edition of the Sean Hannity Show. America trapped behind enemy lines. Day number 76. 76. Sean Hannity Show. Glad you're with us. Hour 2, 800-941. Sean, you want to be a part of the program. Day 54. Joe Biden abandoning Americans, their families, thousands of uh, green card holders eligible to live here, their families, Afghan allies, all abandoned and, you know, we're coming on 40 days that Joe has not even mentioned them, not even a single solitary time. I mean, you can't make it up. Um, anyway, I want to go to Chuck Schumer announcing that they have ex- reached this deal to extend the, the debt ceiling through early December. I have some good news. We've reached an agreement on an extension of the debt ceiling through early September. And it's our hope that we can get this done uh, today. Uh, early, what did I say? Oh, Jesus. September's passed already. Let me revise my statement. Madam President, uh, we have reached agreement on a, an, a, we have reached agreement to extend the debt ceiling through early December, and it's our hope that we can get this done as soon as today. So we've been discussing all day about this debt ceiling deniers, debt ceiling deniers. Well, what about the debt deniers? Now, what's so frustrating in all of this you know, is, you know, we, we went through what's happening with the economy. We went through the average cost increase because of inflation. You know, now we've got a new talking point, debt ceiling deniers. How about the debt deniers? Because the amount of money, and this is the truth about what the Democrats' strategy is, they want the $3.5 trillion on top of all the other monies we've already spent, some of it necessary, obviously, because of covid And now they want all of this money, and it's all about human infrastructure, which really is New Green Deal socialism. And that's what it's always been about. And they don't talk about the debt that we're incurring and we'll be passing on to our children and our grandchildren and and everybody in between. You know, Jen Psaki was asked yesterday about, you know, is the climate crisis more important than the skyrocketing gas prices? Some, Some pump prices out in California now topping five bucks a gallon. And her answer is... Well, I can tell you that, you know, we've got to address the uh, the climate crisis. It's um, one of the greatest national security crises the president sees. Anyway, so the question here isn't really about the Democrats. We know where they stand. The question is, why would Mitch McConnell ever agree to this deal with Chuck Schumer? Because there's no good reason that I can think of that he would do it. 
Now, two senators have joined uh, together to fight back against this. They're both with me now. Senator Ted Cruz, great state of Texas. Lindsey Graham, the great state of South Carolina. Uh, they've joined forces here. Now, Mitch McConnell would need 10 votes to make this happen. And, and in other words, you need 10 Republicans to get go along to raise the debt ceiling. Uh, Senator Graham, why would one Republican ever lift a finger? How do they call themselves a conservative and and back this insanity? Because this is all to spend this money that we know is going to be wasted. Well, thanks for having me. Um, well, number one, for two months, everybody on the Republican side has been saying, if you're going to spend the money through reconciliation, the three and a half, which is actually five trillion dollars of new spending, you need to use that process to raise the debt limit. I don't want any Republican fingerprints on raising the debt limit, which is required to spend all this new money. The road to socialism goes through the debt, the debt limit issue. So why would any Republican want to empower the Democrats to make it easier to spend three and a half to five trillion dollars on a bunch of garbage? The debt limit uh, it has to be raised. So here's what Ted and I and others have said, and including Mitch. Uh, let them do it by themselves because they're spending all the money by themselves. And all of a sudden, in the 11th hour, because we're worried about a couple of Democrats we need to change the filibuster, carve out for the debt ceiling, that the integrity of the Senate's at stake, we fold it. So I'm not going to have my fingerprints on helping them raise the debt ceiling to lead to this country to socialism. I don't know if you can get 10 votes or not, but we had a plan, and we folded like a cheap suit here in the 11th hour. Well, with all due respect, you did not fold, Senator. Mitch McConnell's folding. Well, uh, And now the question is, can he convince nine of your colleagues to fold with him? I don't know. know, I don't know what Ted thinks about it, but here's what I would tell my colleagues. If you do this now, you're going to pay later. Looking weak in the face of, of any opposition anywhere is a bad thing. So come December, what the hell are we going to do? We fold now. Schumer thinks we're not going to follow through uh, on making them raise the debt ceiling. See, they're wanting us to empower their agenda by threatening to change the rules of the Senate. I'm tired of being threatened. I'm tired of being extorted. If you want to change the rules of the Senate, change them. I'm not going to plan my life around trying to appease people who threaten to change the rules of the Senate. I'm not going to empower a uh, socialist agenda, try to save the Senate. I'm just not going to do that. Senator Cruz, now, just to be clear, Democrats have the ability to raise the debt ceiling all on their own. They can use the reconciliation process. And I think Lindsay's right. I think there's this this never ending threat and it, it seems to paralyze Republicans of, quote, they'll use the nuclear option if they have to to get this done. Um, I don't think Republicans ought to give in to that threat because that threat will be never ending. I, I think that's exactly right. Uh, th- this is a lousy deal. Uh, it, it's a mistake. For, for two months, we had Republicans unified. We had everyone together saying exactly the same thing, which is that we are not going to participate in any way, shape, or form in raising the debt ceiling, that if the Democrats want to try to ram through reckless and irresponsible trillions of dollars in new spending and trillions of dollars in new taxes, then they need to take responsibility and vote themselves to raise the debt ceiling. And as you said, Sean, they have the full power to do so under reconciliation. They can do so. Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, they could have raised the debt ceiling three months ago. They could have raised it two months ago. They could have raised it a month ago. They could have raised it yesterday, and they could have done it with only Democrats. And so for, for two months, Republicans have made that clear. We were unified. We were strong. It was a principled position. 
we were headed towards a complete and total surrender from Chuck Schumer. Then yesterday, our, our leadership uh, got cold feet. Uh, they, they, they got weak need because they were afraid that that Mansion and Cinema would agree to nuke the filibuster, and which is what has been threatened over and over and over again. On every big battle we have this year, they threaten if you don't give in to us, we'll nuke the filibuster. And suddenly, all of the Republicans who had been saying, we're not going to do it, we're not going to do it, have now surrendered to Schumer and said, oh yeah, we're going to do it. Schumer is out there crowing and doing a victory dance. Elizabeth Warren is out there crowing and doing a victory dance. They're saying the Republicans have completely surrendered to us. And the sad thing is, they're right. This was foolish, and we took what was a victory, what was an issue. We were winning. We had the Democrats on defense. We were united. And because yesterday Republican leadership blinked and gave in, we've now divided Republicans and created a mess and handed Schumer a victory. I, th I think it was a but, really but, foolish decision. As far as I know, this is not a done deal. In other words, for Mitch McConnell to make this happen, he needs nine other Republicans. Senator Cruz, is that not correct? Are there nine other Republicans because you're right. You were all united and you all said you want to raise the debt ceiling to spend this ridiculous, these ridiculous amounts of money. You do it on your own. Republicans stayed united till the final hour. You talk about the leadership caving. All I see is Mitch McConnell caving. Is Roy Blunt going to vote for this? John Thune going to vote for this? Who's going to vote? Who's going to go along with McConnell in this cave? Well, they have another strategy they're trying to push, which which actually, Sean, you and I talked about on your show last night, which is I just came from the Republican lunch. When, when we're in session, we have lunch together every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And the entire lunch consisted of virtually every Republican there trying to beat the crap out of the few holdouts and trying to convince everyone to unanimously consent to lower the threshold for for Schumer to raise the debt ceiling from 60 votes to 50 votes so that no Republican would have to vote for it just as soon as we all unanimously consented to make it easier for him to do that. Now, Mitch McConnell knows damn well I'm going to object to that. I've told him that for months. I've said it publicly. I've said it privately. I, I, I've said it in every language I know. The answer is no. I'm not going to consent to make it easier for Chuck Schumer and the Democrats to add trillions in debt. They're nonetheless trying to pound the conference into doing that. It's not going to succeed because I'm going to object. Others have said they're going to object as well. And so then step number two is they're going to try to find 10 Republican votes to move this forward. The better path would have been for us to stay united, would have been for us to continue to hold the line that we all were on the day before yesterday uh, and, and not, not give in but it's wait a minute, but why can't terrorists. they why can't you do that now? Why can't why can't everybody in the Republican caucus come together and say we're going to stick together? We were right the first time. We buckled a little yesterday and now say no deal. We don't agree. Do we it on your own. Absolutely could and we should. That's what we should do. That's what we should have done yesterday. It's what we should do today. I don't know if the conference is going to do it or not, but that is absolutely what we should do. All right, quick break. More with Senators Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham on the other side. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program.
as we continue, the cave of Mitch McConnell, can it be stopped? By the way, that number in the Senate, 202-224-3121. Mitch uh, McConnell, tell him to please not go along with this. Anyway, Senator Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham are not supporting it. So let me go through. Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, I don't know, Senator Portman, because he's friends with Mitch McConnell. Uh, who else do we? Who else do they have there, Lindsey Graham? Well, they got people going to retire, and and listen, so let's just Richard Burr. Okay, so that's yeah, six. That, okay, whether they get the ten, I don't know. Let's say they fall short. What would happen? Here's what would happen: the Democratic Party owns this issue. They want to spend three and a half to five trillion dollars of new money. They can't do it without raising the debt ceiling. As Ted said, there's a process to do it called reconciliation. I'm willing to waive the three-day requirement to consider the bill in the budget committee. I just want them to go to the floor without any Republican fingerprints, use a reconciliation process where they have to pick a number. They just can't say a date certain and own the idea they're going to raise the debt to spend a bunch of money to make us a socialist nation. Now, that's not an unreasonable position. If you're going to use reconciliation to deal the entire Republican Party out of three and a half to five trillion dollars of spending, then you ought to be able to raise the debt ceiling through reconciliation on your own. I'm insisting that you do because I want to make it harder, not easier, to spend three to half three and a half to five trillion dollars. And the reason they're not doing this is they know politically reconciliation to raise the debt ceiling is worse for them. I can right, understand why they don't this. want to do it, Sean, but I don't understand why we would let them get away with it. What can this audience do? We've got about ninety seconds left. What can this audience do to stop this Call your senator and say, don't be one of the 10. (laughs) 202-224-3121 is the main line. Senator Cruz, what can this audience do to stop the cave? Listen, encourage Republicans to stand and hold the line. We were all standing together two days ago. And, and the biggest problem with what's happening right now is no Democrat is going to believe Republican leadership the next time we stand on something. They're going to say – Schumer is going to say to the Democrats, don't worry. They'll cave. They'll surrender. They always surrender. All we need to do is get our friends in the media to say mean things about them, and all the Republicans will cave. And, and, and we have destroyed credibility because our leadership is giving in. And and every time you say leadership, is it McConnell or is it McConnell and others? It's the entire leadership team as part of it. But Mitch is Mitch is the leader. He's the elected leader. And the the problem is the Democrats threaten every time we'll nuke the filibuster. And, And if we end up surrendering every time they threaten to nuke the filibuster, then it's effectively the same thing. We're, we're giving in and and letting them run roughshod. I, I will say this. Joe Manchin has been saying to the press over and over again, as recently as today, he wasn't going to nuke the filibuster. And if he wasn't going to nuke the filibuster, then Chuck Schumer was on the verge of collapsing and surrendering when we rushed in to save him and turn his defeat into victory. That doesn't make any sense. Well, I'll tell you what it tells me is if this is Mitch McConnell and he doesn't reverse course, it's time for a new leader in the Senate. It's just that simple. Because there's no conservative. You can't say you're you believe in smaller government, limited government, and you're a conservative 
and support this. And now he's facilitating this this monstrosity when we we literally were winning on the merits standing together. It's unbelievable. What uh, anyway? Well, we're going to have you both on TV tonight, uh, Senator Ted Cruz, Senator Lindsey Graham, and hopefully we'll know more by tonight. If you want to call your senator, I always ask you be respectful. Two zero two. Two two four thirty one twenty one. You might want to call Mitch McConnell's office first, then call your senator and say, "Don't be one of the ten. All right. I really appreciate both of you what you're doing and coming on the program and explaining it. We appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. Thanks. All right. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean is our number. You want to be a part of the program? Quick break. Right back. Uh, we'll continue. Quick break. Right back. When we come back, more of the best of the Sean Hannity Show. Stay tuned. the best of the sean hannity show coming up breaking news straight from the source this is the sean hannity show it's a very sad story we've given you all the background the details about you know merrick garland and and parents at at school board meetings you know for example parents want to be involved in their kids education they want age-appropriate material taught to their children Many parents are speaking out against critical race theory. Many parents are against draconian uh, COVID measures for young people. A lot of people. Now, it's kind of hit, I guess I'd say center mass here in Loudoun County in Virginia. And parents there are demanding that school board officials either resign or be fired for their alleged involvement in what is a cover-up, apparently, according to the Washington Examiner, of two sexual assaults, including the rape of a 14-year-old girl in a school bathroom. A total of 36 parents expressed concern during Tuesday's school board meeting with the superintendent, uh, Scott Ziegler's performance, saying he should resign for allegedly overseeing cover-ups of two sexual assaults, saying they were facilitated by the school's transgender policy. Quote, this is not China, this is the United States, and we will not be silenced, said one mother at the meeting, according to Fox News. Now, remove the superintendent immediately, and then resign for your negligence and duplicity, and end this nightmare. The first incident allegedly took place on May 28th, when a ninth-grade female was assaulted in the bathroom by a boy wearing a skirt, according to the girl's father. The story continues. The boy was charged with two counts of forcible sodomy, one count of anal sodomy, one count of forcible fellatio, according to the attorney uh, for the girl's father. At a June 22nd board meeting, Ziegler declared the predator, transgender student or person simply does not exist, said the girl's father. Scott Smith was arrested when he insisted at the meeting that his daughter's story was true. Michelle Bauman, public information officer, for the Loudoun County Sheriff's Office confirmed in an email to the Washington Examiner, quote, a May 28, 2021 case at Stonebridge High School that involved a thorough two month long investigation was conducted to determine the facts of the case prior to arrest. The department is unable to provide documents as the case is pending, according to Bauman. Then the second incident occurred on October 6th when a 15 year old male student was. Uh, forced a female student into an empty classroom. 
inappropriately touching her, according to the Loudoun County Sheriff's Office. The examiner goes on and says the suspect is being held at the Loudoun County Juvenile Detention Center, where he has been charged with sexual battery and abduction of a fellow student in the sheriff's office. Now, the school's uh, district's policy, 8040, on August 11th, which allows students, regardless of their gender, into all school bathrooms, was a major point of criticism at Tuesday's meeting, as board members now knew about the alleged sexual assault. Now, let's go to the Loudoun County and listen to parents very emotionally yelling at school board members. Now, things have, this is now hitting critical mass in Virginia, uh, where in a few short weeks, we have an election for governor in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Now, look, it's an uphill battle for any Republican to ever win the Commonwealth of Virginia. But polls show that the Republican candidate is doing extraordinarily well against the former governor now running again, and, and that being, of course, uh, Terry McAuliffe. So it's it's getting more and more interesting by the day. Now, Terry McAuliffe is under fire because he says he doesn't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. First of all, this shows how clueless Glenn Youngkin is. He doesn't understand what the laws were because he's never been involved here in helping Virginia. But it was not. It, the parents had to write to veto bills, veto books, Glenn, not to be knowledge about it. Also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. So stop the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. You know, I get really tired of everybody running down teachers. 88% of likely U.S. voters, Rasmussen out today, believe it's very important for parents to be involved in their kids' education. Unlike Terry McAuliffe, who's struggling now, and they're, they're calling in the big guns. Barack Obama's headed to the Commonwealth of Virginia after he said, I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. What, what, what Parents don't have a say. Now, Luke Rosiak, he's an investigative reporter for The Daily Wire. He broke the story yesterday of this father that spoke out. Now, this father was on with Laura Ingram last night. It was an amazing interview, actually. Um, and Luke, who spoke out about the sexual assault case, of this young girl in the public uh, school bathroom. And he now has taken it to a new investigative level. And Luke Rosiak is back with us to uh, bring us up to speed, sir. How are you? I'm good, John. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's talk about what we found here. And these parents are angry. It's having a big impact. Terry McAuliffe's comments on the election, which is only a few weeks out. Tell us, you know, give us more background and texture to the story. Well, it's a disgusting story. I mean, you know, Loudon has been trying to suppress debate around school politics for a long time. You know, you guys have heard about Chardonnay and Tifa threatening people, suspending a teacher that offered public comment at a school board meeting because he didn't like the trans policy. Um, the Democrats on the school board really wanted to do to convert schools into ideological weapons, and they were very into this transgender policy. 
And on the day, the, the, the day of uh, June 22nd was that chaotic debate uh, or, or school board meeting, the audio that you played, where a lot of parents were very angry. There were some who were pro-trans policy, and they painted everyone else who was up against it as a bigot. Well, there was a man there, and we've all seen him on TV now, the man who was dragged in handcuffs and has kind of had his belly sticking out, his pants almost coming down because the cops were dragging him. He had a bloody face when they were pinning him down, the cops. Um, he wasn't there because he's a bigot. He wasn't there because he doesn't like gay people. He was there because he says his daughter was sexually assaulted in the school bathroom just three day, three weeks prior by a boy wearing a skirt. Uh, and there were felony sodomy, uh, forcible sodomy charges filed against the boy who did that. Prosecution is still currently pending. That was a legitimate case. Um, and the school board on that meeting, uh, the superintendent said, we have zero records of bathroom assault in our school system. It's a red herring for you guys, the public, to be concerned. Oh. Time well, hang on a second. There's a transgender predator. How could the superintendent deny it when there's a police report confirming it? At yeah, least confirm. Again, we, we believe in the presumption of innocence and due process, but the, the case is active. It's being investigated and it was filed on the date mentioned. Correct. And, and, you know, for him to say we have zero records, it, 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 it really appears to be a false statement. Um, you know, basically, the, the dad says when he was called to the school that day, he was told there was a, his daughter was physically assaulted. Uh, and the school was just kind of handling it casually. And he made a scene. He did. He admits he made a scene. He said, you guys aren't taking this seriously. He's yelling at the principal, and they called the police on him. And I have an email from the principal saying there was an incident uh, at the school today, but the student body wasn't, in, wasn't facing any harm. It was a, a parent who was behaving aggressively in the office. If you saw the sheriff at school today, that's why. Um, and, and that also appears to be uh, covering up the true nature of what occurred that day. Um, you know, if this incident had been known by the public, it seems inconceivable that the school board would have been able to pass this policy that hundreds of people showed up at that meeting to oppose. The only way they did this was by lecturing the public that there was wrong, they were wrong, and there was no reason other than bigotry that they could have these concerns about bathrooms. I don't have an answer for this. I looked for it specifically. Do we know, uh, I, I know when reports of rape are, are made, often there is a a, a test kit, a DNA kit, um, where they try to see if they can capture the DNA of the alleged assaulter, uh, uh, the alleged Correct. person of, uh, the, lawyer of the assault. The victim's family tells me they did do a rape kit, and it did come back uh, with evidence favorable to the case that led the prosecutors to pursue. That is a uh, huge part of the assault. story that nobody mm -hmm. else has. That's huge. And so, you know, this. but when the dad was arrested for disorderly conduct, for being angry at a school board meeting, um, the, the prosecutor, who's one of these George Soros funded, she got $800,000 from George Soros, to basically implant this far-left prosecutor into a pretty pleasant semi-rural suburb. I mean, this isn't Chicago, but we've got a Chicago-style prosecutor here. She doesn't prosecute many crimes. She's into the leniency and the ending mass incarceration, all that stuff. Well, that all changed when it came to a parent who wanted to be active in his, in his school. Um, the prosecutor, the actual top DA, personally showed up to court and sought jail time for this guy for the minor misdemeanor of disorderly conduct. So they were bringing the hammer down on this dad. But, no, they're bringing and, the hammer down on the father. What about the, the kid that is being alleged to have committed this rape? 
Right, and so he was being charged, but they told the dad, look, don't talk about this. The system's working. Have faith in the system. And so he did, all until October 6th, just last week. That's when Scott Smith's faith in the system collapsed, because that is when the boy who allegedly raped his daughter sexually assaulted another girl in a classroom. And the sheriff put put out a a statement last week saying a 15-year-old boy has been arrested for forcible abduction and uh, sexual assault inside an empty classroom. Uh, I was able to learn the identity of that suspect, and it's the same individual who Whoa. was Whoa, uh, so your investigative reporting prior. shows that it was the same person? Correct. And so the school system appears to have covered up a sexual assault four months ago and kind of just transferred this kid to a different school. And as a result of him still being in school, a second girl was allegedly sexually assaulted. Okay, so that part I knew. I didn't know it was the same person, and you confirmed that through your sources at the police department. Now the question is, okay, we've got to work through the the criminal justice process. Uh, Are they being charged? Uh, Is there enough information? Is there maybe perhaps evidence in the second case, uh, DNA evidence that might exist in in either one of these cases? You're saying that that is a strong possibility. Yeah, I mean, he's been charged in both cases. The, the cases appear strong. I think, you know, he, the first one was headed towards a plea deal, and it was, he was supposed to, uh, you know, take a pretty serious plea, plead guilty to very serious felony charges on October 14th. And so this dad's thinking justice is being done, even though the school board treated me unfairly, even though the media treated me unfairly, even though the prosecutor harassed me for disorderly conduct, I have faith that this kid who harmed my daughter is going to be punished. And although he was criminally charged, he was still out there in the school system. The school system, um, you know, he's, kind of, Wait a minute. He's still in school? He's not suspended uh, well, pending the results the, of the know, investigation? That, that's the issue, is that after the, uh, after the May assault, he was back in school. You know, May 28th is right at the end of the school year anyway. Um, but as of October 6th, which is kind of right at the beginning of a new school year, he was back in school. They just had him in a new school two miles away, and that's when he allegedly raped again. Now, he was taken to juvenile hall uh, after that arrest. I don't know if he's still there or not, um, but the issue is that the school system went into to – they're running these schools – in order to advance political aims and to make the people who run them look good. And they're doing that at the expense of kids. The community deserves transparency, and they didn't get that from the beginning here because politics are more well, important. Well, it doesn't pass children. the smell test that the superintendent, now knowing that there are police reports that you've confirmed and, and maybe even DNA evidence in the case, time will tell, and I believe in the presumption of innocence, we'll see. Uh, but it seems like a pretty strong case. And now they want to punish the father for speaking out about it. The superintendent saying he doesn't know anything about it. That does not pass my smell test. I guess it's possible, but I don't believe it. That's my humble opinion. And uh, great reporting. Luke Rosiak, uh, investigative reporter for The Daily Wire. Thanks for sharing it with us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Sean. 800-941-SEAN is our number if you want to be a part of the program. Wow. So uh, our schools are out of control. There's only one answer, and that is you got to break this unholy alliance with school teachers and teachers unions and the Democratic Party, and it's called school choice. New York is spending forty some odd thousand dollars per student with the worst results ever imaginable. I mean, you give parents that a check for that amount of money to pick the best school for their kids. Wait, what? Wait, do you see what happens to test scores? and proficiency levels in reading and math and science, etc.
This is the Sean Hannity Show, now heard on over 660 radio stations across America. Thanks to all of you for making this happen. Sean Hannity.